0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Dollars in Doctors show. I'm your host, Gritage Varn, founder and financial planner at White Coat Financial. Today, I'm privileged to host a very important figure in Canadian dentistry, the founder of Lux Dental Aesthetics, Dr. Peggy Bown. Hailing from Newfoundland, Dr. Bowne is a proud graduate of Dalhousie University. She spent her early career in a group practice before boldly venturing to establish her own state-of-the-art clinic in St. John, New Brunswick in 2015. Her facility is not only modern, but it's fully digital, and her passion for creating the ultimate patient experience is extraordinary. In 2016, Dr. Bound made history by becoming Canada's first Digital Smile Design Master. Since then, she's generously shared her knowledge through lecturing on digital workflows, DSD, and the power of marketing with social media. With over a decade of experience providing Invisalign treatment and cosmetic dentistry services, Dr. Bounds' holistic approach to dental care has transformed countless smiles. When not at her practice or on the lecture circuit, she dedicates her time to serving as a faculty member for Align Tech and advocating for organizations such as Slow Dentistry, where she serves as the Canadian Ambassador. Her philanthropic efforts also extend to the Humble Smile Foundation, which is a global nonprofit. Join me today as we learn more about Lux Dental Aesthetics and the extraordinary career of Dr. Peggy Baum. I would love to get just a brief introduction to your background, your upbringing, so where you grew up, uh, all the way up to your time at Dalhousie and then why you chose dentistry as a as a passion and a career.
1: Okay, so well, yes, there's always, everybody has a story, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up in a little rural community in Newfoundland, on the northeast coast of Newfoundland. If for reference, it's about an hour northeast of Gander, which most people have heard of Gander. Uh, and it was a little area where my parents would travel like 40 minutes to their work. They were teachers. My uh, Going to the dentist was a pretty much a uh, pretty big day event because they would have to take a day off work. And then we would have to travel to Gander for that because there were no local dentists, uh, like in servicing my little town of 2000 people. So we would, you know, go to Gander, we'd have this dentist there and he probably served like thousands. I mean, I can't imagine because there's only a couple of dentists for thousands of people, uh, covering all the outskirts. And so Newfoundland had a problem, uh, in the, you know, early eighties and, uh, you know, all the way up and probably into somewhat into the nineties with having dentists coming into these more remote areas. And so, you know, I had this dentist I would go see, but it was always not, not a great experience. It was certainly nothing that would have inspired me to become a dentist. And then when I was about 13 or so, 13 or 14, uh, Newfoundland, like they had this program where they would entice uh, immigrant dentists who, who didn't have the means or you know, hadn't written the the boards, like the big Canadian exams, would say, listen, if you come to our little remote town, you don't have to write those exams. Like, we'll basically take anyone. I don't know if it was from any country, but my dentist came from South Africa. So... He, uh, he moved there and it was to like a little place called Twillingate and New World Island. And he opened a little practice and I think the government, again, there was support from the government and that helped service a lot of patients that just couldn't get all the way to Gander or they couldn't, um, they just weren't getting the care they needed. And he, uh, so that's when I experienced like a new dentist because my mom, he started dating my mom's friend. And so we decided to go there. So we get there and all of a sudden the whole experience is extremely different. And of course, perhaps it would be because he's from somewhere else, but he had, I think he really wanted to, people to like him. He knew he was in a little Newfoundland being a very friendly place. He went out of his way to really, he appreciated, I think the offer that he had been, get, chance he'd been given. And he and his team went out of their way to help make us, uh, any new patients feel special, educated us, helped explain that, you know, like what he was going to do before he did it and just like through compassion and education. He really blew my mind. I was like, "What is this? Is this dentistry?" I couldn't believe it. And uh, and so I walked into my that office uh, either that day or after the second visit, and I looked at my mom and I said, "Mom, I'm going to be a dentist. Like, this is the coolest." Because I it wasn't that the dentistry was cool, because I didn't get he didn't show me what he did, but it was that he he showed this like care for people, and he and he and he wanted to educate me, and he wanted me to be involved, and I was like that must be a cool profession if you can like impact people in that way and make them feel that way. So it was how he made me feel, which, you know, the whole, uh, Maya Angelou, yeah. the quote, right. You know, you really made me feel very special. And so I never forgot that. So from for age 14, I studied, I always studied hard. I was one of those types of students and graduated from a little, um, high school of 28 people in my graduating class. And then went to Mount Allison university, which is in New Brunswick and then went on to Dalhousie and got into dental school right after undergrad graduated in 2001 another little short part of this story that I do find very interesting I don't know if your your uh, listeners will will find this interesting but that same dentist okay his name was dr. Mm-hmm. dr Mino mast he later wanted to practice in a bigger center in in gander so gander being like the bigger kind of bigger draw he wanted to move from the outports of Newfoundland he wanted to move all of a sudden after working for, I don't know, like 10 years or something in the outskirts, the government said, no, well you're going to have to write these exams now, or you're going to have to go back to school and go to do two years of what we call a qualifying program. So it was like, I mean, I don't know how he felt about that. I didn't really talk to him about that. But I think that that would have been just like, I don't know, like it's a slap in the face. You know, he's, he did, he was given a gift, but then he was given, he served his, he never had a problem and yet they were going to make him do this. So he ended up, okay, doing a third and fourth year with me and he graduated with me from dental school.
0: All those years later. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, I, I was actually going to ask you if you ever got to chat with that dentist again. Because oh, yeah, if someone yeah. has that large of an impact on your life, like he literally changed the trajectory of your life. 100%. Yeah, And you got to be colleagues with him or yeah. classmates with him. Classmates. Forget colleagues, classmates with him. Yeah.
1: So he moved. He had literally he had to move to Nova Scotia, do yeah. two years, and then he could go back to Newfoundland. and practice. He always begged me to practice with him. He's like, Peggy, we should we should work together. I know, but I can't go back to Newfoundland. So yeah, so that was the really cool. Uh, I think, you know, it sort of came really full circle, but mm-hmm. it, I have seen him since we, we, we partied on George street. I don't know if you're George street is in Newfoundland, but we, we, we got together with our teams one time at, at an annual meeting that I was speaking at and uh, no, he's the same guy. Like he just loves to have fun. He loves dentistry. And um, I, you know, I make sure I think that that spark, that uh, feeling of feeling really cared for and someone wanting to share like what's really going on, what it's all about, I make sure I always no matter what you're here for as a patient, I'm trying to pass the torch to my patients to feel the same kind of energy. And that is something that is just like it it'll always be with me. It's made a an yeah. impact on how I treat my patients, not just wanting to become a dentist, you know
0: absolutely. Now two questions. Did you communicate this with Dr. Mast? I would assume you oh, have that he's you, I'm a dentist. I would, he's,
1: he's been on, he's been talked about on my YouTube channel. He's, he's yeah. he won't take credit, actually. He, he's like, no, Peggy, you just, you know, and he really doesn't, he didn't even see what he was doing. I don't think yeah. he really saw it. It's just but, like the
0: nicest guy ever is what it yeah, sounds like. And
1: one time I was lecturing and he was in the audience. And so I told that story and I said, mm-hmm. okay, my note. You know who you are and uh, you know it's kind of cool to also yeah. give a presentation and he be in the room yeah
0: it, i i love that part of your story because i we all know the the elephant in the room is most people don't like going to see a dentist it just there's, there's that mental barrier i don't know what it is um and there's a lot that goes into it and that could be a whole other conversation but yeah. very infrequently do you hear i became a dentist because i had this amazing you know experience you with a dentist. It. Like I've, hear I've probably often. heard it from one other person who she had a lot of um, just Dental. oral health issues growing up and yeah. she was always at the dentist. And so she thought, you know, what I want to help other kids that are just like me. You're the only other person I've heard that from. So it's so yeah. nice to hear.
1: Yeah. And it's a story of like immigration and it's a story yeah. of like um, just like passing something on and making something, just taking things across the border. Like it's really cool. <laughs> I love and- it.
0: How wonderful would it be if you get to have that same experience? Because you said you're trying to replicate it with, you know, it'd be amazing if you had a patient in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years say, you know, Dr. Brown, I'm actually a dentist because of you. Everything except the the going back to dental school part.
1: (laughs) I do have a few people that have done that. Yeah.
0: Okay. That is so cool.
1: She she just started uh, her career in uh, September and she graduated from McGill. So, um, yeah. So. I do have at least one, she was a, she was a neighbor and, uh, she was thinking one day, she's like, I I don't know what I want to be. And I, you know, and she knew she had spent time in here. And, um, when I just, I did suggest it though. So it's not quite the same, but she was like, wow. Yeah. Like, I get to be living the life like Peggy lives. I get to ha- do art and science. She's very artistic. And that's another thing. Another little quick story is that my art teacher actually tried to talk me out of becoming a dentist. He tried to say, and I'll never forget it because I'm thinking, what kind of teacher tries to convince a, a student to not be a dentist? And uh, he's like, no, you should be an artist. You should be an artist. And I, and I and I, didn't, couldn't couldn't answer him the way I would today, which is, you know, uh, Mr. Keene, I am an artist. I yeah. I get to do impact and I get to create smiles and I get to be creative still. So I just think I, I mean, really, I'm in, I feel so blessed to be one of the best professions. And again, it just suits me for who I am, my personality mm. and always pushing the limit. Like I always want to try to learn new things. And with dentistry, you can do that. There's just always so much out there and it it really takes me out of my comfort zone, which Oddly, I'm okay with <laughs> yeah.
0: the industry is one of those unique professions that blends the sciences and art. I would assume maybe some other professions like plastic surgery and a couple others where yes. it's more cosmetic based, but you really are in that beautiful intersection between art and and science, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah so. no, that's fantastic,
0: yeah. Um, Maybe we could fast forward and you could tell me about your path after dentistry school, because obviously you went to Dalhousie and you graduated. Yep. Um, I'd love to hear your experience when you first started out as an associate, all the way up to maybe when you decided to start your own practice.
1: Right. Okay. No problem. Um, so I graduated of course in 2001 and I began working. I, my, my license was within a month of graduation, started here in New Brunswick in St. John, New Brunswick. And I've been here now for, this is going on my 22nd year. And I was an associate, like most people start in a small practice. I had one operatory and it was like one hygienist, the other dentist and an extra room. And we, you know, we really got along. We, he, he, you know, him and I were, were, were great friends, but also he was a great mentor to me. So I was very fortunate to have mentorship, which I value and which is why I also uh, believe in, in doing that for other dentists. And, and then by 2004, we, we were now partners and we built, um, uh, a new practice together, which was much more modern. And, uh, and that was going along great. And in that partnership, it lasted from, I'd say, about 2003, let's say, to 2014 when I eventually left that group practice, so for about 11 years, and uh, in that time, we took on another partner, a third, like a, I guess a third partner, and that really changed the dynamic, unfortunately, and it can, it can say that anything you want about three, but three can be a crowd. It is also not so much a crowd, but it was that, that my philosophy of dentistry and what I was, like, wanting to do with dentistry, I was, I was taking a lot of extra courses abroad and, and they weren't. So they felt, I suppose, if I could put myself in their shoes a little bit like outside and I felt outside and then it's just started to get the gap started getting wider and wider. And ultimately without, you know, there's always two sides to every story. No one's perfect, but it just, we just grew apart. And then we came to a decision one day where we said, let's uh let's just go our separate ways and i was trying to keep it going i didn't really want to but i'm so glad that they kind of pushed that card because it it opened up this door for me to start my own practice and it was mm-hmm. what i needed because i needed to to do that on my own terms and and that's who i am and now i mean i'm i'm just again i'm at the time i was a little i was upset but you know it's like you don't realize something is a blessing until later and then you then you're thankful. So then I started uh, Peggy Bound Dentistry, which it was called uh, until last year. Um, It was called that because I wanted my name on it. I wanted people to know who I was. I wanted no one knew I was on a group practice. A lot of times in a group practice, you're kind of just like, oh, that's the clinic on such and such a street. And people don't really know. Now, I didn't really know a lot about branding and those types of things. But I, I knew I had to get my name out there and I'm I'm very creative like I really like creating things and I started to realize like how fun social media was to create things and again my passion for sharing with the public what's what dentistry can be and how awesome it can be and how we can really care for you in a way that isn't going to be cause anxiety and, and how we're going to do something different it all like, I wanted to share that. So social media, like Instagram, I mean, it was created before 2015, but even in 2014, I started my Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these things and really realized like, wait a minute, I'm doing something. A lot of dentists are not, and it's really helping grow my practice. And I, yeah, so I, it's not far from my original location where I was. I'm still in St. John, New Brunswick. It's about 3,200 square feet with six operatories now. And, uh, you know, you can have two doctors here, two or three hygienists. And so it's not a big practice and it's really evolved. I've tried everything. I've like, I, I do every kind of dentistry and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But it's using, I guess, the, my, my passion for, and being able to express that and share that with people online has been such an integral part of, you know, my practice. And I'm again, trying, always trying new things. So if I'm trying it, I'm sharing it, you know, you're gonna hear about it. And so I've really now got quite um, a a, a, a large group of patients from this area, but also from other provinces. Like people are traveling. I even have a patient coming from New York next week So I don't even understand how that happened, but my bringing patients are coming from other provinces because of the brand and because of the, the types of dentistry that I brought to this clinic that I never could have done in the group practice. Like I couldn't have stood out. I couldn't have done much more than bread and butter and some, the odd cosmetic case, but I couldn't do this, you know? So, so it needed to happen. And that's, yeah, so it's now Lux Dental Group. Uh, it was Lux Dental Aesthetics. I played with that, but I really chose Lux Dental Group because um, it just it's just a little bit more... Um, it, aesthetics sounds like it's all I do is aesthetics, yeah. but we do do general dentistry too, so...
0: No, I, I, I love that you... Obviously, you had that moment of like, oh, I'm very happy at this practice, and I've been here for... You know, making a shift 13 or 14 years into your career is yeah. very difficult, um, and I think it was, I believe it was Steve Jobs who said you can't connect the dots going forward, you can only connect them backwards. And exactly even yes. uh the rock Dwayne Johnson, he didn't make it to the who CFL. And that I love- yeah, yeah, I absolutely love him. And yeah. it was actually him not making it to the CFL was one of the best things that obviously ever yeah. happened to him. And you're sort of in a similar boat where you maybe thought, I can just practice here forever. I have a great relationship with my partner. Um, but I guess in hindsight thank God for, for the sake of, I would say dentistry that you have started your own practice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I created like something that other dentists now are like, I want to have a practice like that. So that's where, you know, teaching and um, sharing what I do with other dentists as well. So I get to be an inspiration for patients and dentists, which is the most fulfilling thing when you think about it, if you can impact others in your, in your industry, along with make an impact in the world then like it's pretty awesome i'm pretty pretty thankful yeah
0: and yeah i know you've mentioned a lot of times that your why for at least a podcast and a lot of the content that you're putting out was to change the public you know sort of perception perception. of dentistry um why is that so important to you is it because of you know someone like dr mast or is it just your way of giving back maybe you can walk me through that a little bit further
1: well, that's where it started. So I wanted to show people, wow, like it can be different. And that, that's where that came from. But it was solidified. I have to tell you, it was solidified when I got to dental school. And we were introduced to a a doctor that lived, oh, I guess he practiced about 100 years ago. He's actually from this part of New Brunswick. And my professor was obsessed with this this doctor from again, they had done a lot of research, he had passed away, they found one of his long lost, like one of his daughters that was still living, she's in her 90s. And they interviewed her and they put everything all the pieces together and basically brought his story back to life. And his name um, was uh, painless Parker. Now he actually did change his name legally to painless Parker. Have you heard of painless Parker?
0: No, (laughs) this is all news to me painless Parker. So Dr. painless Parker.
1: Yes, Dr. Painless Uh. Parker. Now, he grew up here. He did did do his um, his dental school in the U.S., but then he he traveled. Like so, he was one of the first. So saying his name painless, he wanted to show the public that dentistry could be painless. Now we're even talking a hundred years ago. You think about it, I have patients come in say thirty years ago that the dentist didn't care if something was painless, right? This guy was so far ahead of his time. And I also found it really interesting how he didn't like his peers. So in dentistry, and I'm going to just say it for what it is, but in dentistry, there's a lot of like, again, old rules and just a lot of old thinking that, um, just not thinking that we can say what we do. We're not allowed to advertise. We're not allowed to talk about, especially in Canada. Now in the U S mm-hmm. it's better. He would be much happier, but in the Canada still, we can't, some of the provinces are still being very strict. And he wanted to show the public. He wanted to say, look, if you want painless dentistry, come see me, or "You can be painless. And they didn't like that. So he was always kind of like, ostracized a little bit but he still went on and did what was right for the public and he shared what he did he would put up like he would hold big gatherings and he's a little bit of a showman too Uh, if social media had been around when he was there he'd probably have like a hundred K followers I'm pretty (laughs) sure but he's he was just genuinely cared about the patient and that and the experience and again like I say ahead of his time like no end but his story was just very very interesting and in that a lot of people tried to take him down and a lot of people tried to like change how he did things but he didn't he did things the way he he felt was right and he is a legend like you can google him google painless parker when you get off this podcast so
0: <laughs> yeah though no, i definitely will and, and talk about going all in did he actually change his legal legally. first name to painless
1: because Because the local society or that he was part of at the time said that he couldn't say he was painless because he wasn't allowed to say he was any better than anybody else. So he said, I'll fix that. I'll actually legally change my name.
0: (laughs) This person has just become my new hero. (laughs) That is hilarious that he He decided to. Number one, you're so innovative. If you think about that. okay. if I can't say this in my marketing or or advertising, I'm just going to change my name.
1: Just change my name.
0: And to also yeah. take your marketing that far, talk about personal brand, right? Like, the, if he had social media yeah. today, yeah. he would be fun. the person.
1: He would. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that is really funny. Actually, even on that note, though, is you're someone who I would argue is one of those earlier pioneers in dentistry. It's funny; I didn't realize that there are dental influencers until I start Until I started working with dentists, and there are right. so many. Um, but I really think you're one of the earlier ones, at least in Canada, because Thank you've been you. doing this since, you know, 2013, 2014, maybe 2015. Yeah. yeah. Instagram, I think, didn't have like even videos at that time. It was probably just pictures from I what don't I remember. I think they
1: had videos. Not much. No. And it wasn't yeah. like you could you could really gain followers with just photos, which is harder now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you've been doing this for a long time. And I've actually had clients say like, you know what? Like, I want to have a clinic like Peggy Bounds. And yeah, I absolutely have. And that was why I wanted you on the show, because you're someone who, when I'm talking to clients about their goals of what they want to do in the future, it's very often if they're not sure exactly what they want to do, they'll point to someone that they look up to and say, it would be really nice to have a practice like that or to have the autonomy like that. Or maybe I want to do marketing like that. And you're a name that definitely does come up. No
1: way. That's so cool. I would never, I wouldn't know. That's, that's interesting. (laughs)
0: You you definitely do come up, which is why I wanted to have you on. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. We're going a little bit off the topic that I initially okay. wanted to discuss. But can you talk to me about how important social media is in terms of you, number one, amplifying your why? And number two, how important it's been for your practice? Because I'm sure at the start, it was very thankless. Like no one watched your stuff. No one, no, no clients or patients came in as a result of everything. But maybe yeah. you could walk me through your social Not media right journey.
1: I get new patients. Uh, you can't believe. I mean, it's just crazy. I get consults all the time through my mm-hmm. Instagram even. So
0: Crazy. But it didn't start like that. Like, how, what were those early stages? What was the why at the start? Because I would assume there was no results from the work that you're putting in. And it is a part-time job to create content.
1: Yeah. It's it's always been that way for me. Um, you know, it it was just something fun. So, it was creative. It didn't feel like work. I knew that people were starting to notice though like from a cuz there was no one else even hardly even doing facebook so that was easy facebook was so easy but instagram just was like oh it's really simple all i got to do is a picture and i can i can share so if you notice my instagram's a little bit different than most instagrams for a clinic so and I thought I tossed this back and forth many times. It's like, do I call it the Lux Dental Group Instagram or do I call it Dr. Peggy Ban, right? So my personal brand, even though I have an associate and all those things, like there might be they those people are on there, but but it's really my brand. But I'm gonna share with you my walk like with my my dog in the morning I'm gonna share with you I just knew I wanted to be a, I'm very I feel fairly an authentic person like I, I I hope people perceive me that way I don't want people to think that like it just it's just boring like if you just do dentistry if you just talk about dentistry it's a little bit boring. so but I was so I was always sharing like something I was doing I would go direct camera I would talk on camera I told you that Quincy that helped set up this podcast, um, this was four years ago, at least maybe more, uh, when I first met her, I said, when I grow up, Quincy, I want to be a YouTuber. Like I want to, I want to put content out for the public because I don't feel like there's enough resources. People don't know how to find things. And I think that just came from my bigger why of like impacting, helping the public, changing perceptions of dentists. And And so, and I wasn't a shy, like I was already, I had already been lecturing and and I I was okay with all that. So when I started, I thought, well, if I just share what I love to talk, what I love doing, it'll, it'll probably be good. And I needed to, I did want to get my name. I wanted people to know where I was because I was afraid I wouldn't have enough patients to keep my hygienist busy. I was, I was afraid of all those things. So a little bit of fear drove me. And then I started to see wow, people are really engaging with this. And I answer to this day, I personally answer every DM on Facebook and Instagram. And I also thank personally, thank anyone who gives me a Google review. So that's me answering those. I, I don't know, like I don't, I could hire someone to do that, but you know, it's like, it means a lot to me. And if you're going to message me, I'm going to give you an answer. I can be a voice memo. I'll answer with, uh, you know, I'll, I'll comment on things that you also post. So it's a, it's a, it's a way to connect with people and I'm very much a people person. Um, so that really fueled me. I wasn't realizing what I was doing though. And then I started at, got asked to speak, uh, at a lect- uh, at a conference teaching Instagram to dentists and things like that. And I thought, ah, oh, like I really know a lot of stuff about Instagram that a lot of people don't know. <laughs> I think I could, you know, share this. And then I was like, oh, and I can share with dentists too. And I can help them. So it never was about like, okay, I need this to grow my practice. But now, oh my gosh, like now we're, we're releasing a post every day, one main feed post, And I do probably, I've already done probably five stories today. Um, so, but it's easy for me, right? Like I'll have a story up before you even get out of, not you, but some people get out of bed, <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's grown into something that now has like really bringing is producing, it's, it's helping me grow my practice, it's actually Mm -hmm. very uh, financially effective for me to do. But at the same time, as we said earlier, you know, sometimes I just want to break. Sometimes I just like, oh my, wait, who's going to do this? So I did hire a high school student to, um, to help keep us going and making sure like there's no, there's no days where we fall through the cracks. Cause I'm busy. I'm a busy mom. I have two teenage daughters and, uh, run the practice. And I have all these extracurricular things that I also like to do. So how do I do it all? I don't know some days, <laughs> but it is easy for me because I don't really feel like it's work. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about before, you know, if it doesn't, really feel like work it comes from a place of passion. It, I thrive. If a patient or someone reaches out to me and they have a dental question, you can be sure I will not let that DM sit there because I want them to know like, wow, there's a dentist out there that has really, she answered my, they're so thankful too. Like I get a lot of appreciation from that and that just fuels me to show that they can trust me. I'll provide value. And you know, I think when you provide value and you show up as a little bit different, it's it just it's becomes a win-win i mean the 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 person who decides to follow me wins but also i get something out of it too um in the long run but that's how it evolved i never really thought i'd be doing virtual consults through my instagram or or doing like even just different things like even my youtube channel literally blew up when i i finally gave up on it but my i finally did get to be a youtuber <laughs> yeah really fun.
0: I, I think doing this social media stuff now, it's not mandatory, but I think it just enhances patient care to an extent. Because if you really think about it, you posting and being authentic, like I know you're wearing hiking shoes right now. Why do I know that? Because I watched your story. But it just, I don't know how to explain it. It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with you as Peggy and not Dr. Yeah. Bound, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. And I right. think it helps. That's important get- to me. Yeah. And it helps relieve a little bit of that anxiety of, mm-hmm. oh, this, you know, because when you're in the operatory, you're wearing, you know, your mask, you got your 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 gown on. And, and it just you don't seem like a human, if that makes sense. um exactly. And
1: you're intimidating. having that. I don't ever want to be intimidating. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And having those stories of you walking your dog or knowing that you're wearing hiking shoes or just like little things I about guess. your day. They make you human and it makes it a little bit less nerve wracking for me. Um, But it also helps, I think, enhance trust. I know that you're human just like I am. You have kids, you have a a partner, you have a practice, you have people you care about. um, And you're going to focus on doing a really good job for me. And you're appreciative of the Google reviews and, and doing things like that. And even your YouTube videos on the smile transformations, you dive so deep into the story of, you know, your patients that if I'm, you know, I'm out in Vancouver, but if I was in New Brunswick, you go, yeah, maybe of all the dentists that are out there, this is the person I want to see because it seems like they care. And yeah. other dentists could care, but you're the one who's showing it in advertising I'm that I do. I'm
1: it. So it's, yeah. so, so uh, the dentist down the street, not, not, uh, anyway, X, Dr. X, whoever is probably could be just as great a dentist as me could be. And if they are, how is the public going to know? And how are they going to even trust them? So even if their friend says, oh, they're great, do you really trust them? Well, I want to look online. I want to check, I want to see. We're we're all doing that now. If we want to go to a restaurant, we're probably going to look online at reviews. We're going to look at the menu. We're going to see, you know, where it is. Like, what is, what's happening? Are Are the staff there? Do they look happy? Like, that's so important and it's just, to help people make decisions, we have to create perceived value and we have to, to to be able to show that we're trustworthy. And I think those are like some of the biggest factors in like just in con, like as a consumer now. We There's just so much out there. How do you know who to trust and where to go? And if you've got like years of showing online that I'm who I say I am and you get here and I'm exactly who you saw online, holy, okay, that's good. But sometimes the Instagrams I see with a lot of dentists, they, they, they're not involved in it. And it's just, it's just like basic post after post. It can be videos. Maybe it is, but it's very put on. Um, and they're not, they're not, the doctor's face is not there. We don't know anything about the doctor. And then, and then it's just like, well, you're just another Instagram of a dental office. Like you're not, who, who is it? Like, how do I choose as a consumer to pick this doctor, this practice over this practice? Well, they're both play They're both posting generic content that isn't real so, yeah. so i'm gonna stand out miles over the the doctors that are just posting generic content
0: yeah i i couldn't agree more and i'm gonna give a shout out to one of my good friends his name's alex dunbar he's a local realtor here and he made this very clear to me because this was something i wasn't doing before i used to say like oh you know i'm really good at my job and i really care about my clients like i'm my wife makes fun of me. I'm a little bit obsessed with my clients. As soon as I have one, I'll be like in the shower thinking about them as weird as that sounds. I'm like, I need to get out of the shower and write this on a sticky note and text my client when, you know, I hop out of the shower. But it's really weird, but I become obsessed with them. And I used to think that that's all it took to, you know, attract clients and and do that. But that leads to more word of mouth because you're obviously your client sees how well you treat them. But I used to get a little bit not envious or frustrated that, Oh, why am I not seeing the number of clients that I want to see? And it was really my friend who made it clear to me and he said, "Visibility beats ability." It doesn't matter how good you are as a dentist or as a financial planner or any other profession. People need to see it. They need proof. We are a visual society. I I joke a lot of the times that if I go to a restaurant, I want to see pictures of the food. Don't describe it to me. I want to know what it looks like. And I'll be caught looking over at people's tables and seeing oh, no, what the meals look like. Does that, right? But it's it's almost the exact same thing. Most dentists are just telling people this is what I do. But nowadays with, with social media, you almost have to show them. And you are like the perfect example of that because you're constantly putting out video content. And constantly. When I I'm have, reaching
1: Do you know 50% of it doesn't even make it to my feed.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? You just you I'm you record it and we, you're not happy I'm with I'm it? I'm
1: recording everything all the time.
0: It's oh my crazy. gosh. It's yeah, so it, easy. But it's it shows how much goes into it. And I absolutely think that it's one of those things you have to do for a long time, but it just makes the patient experience that much better. And if if someone is interested, it does lead to better financial success in your practice. Too- like even when I'm reaching out to guests, a lot of the guests, some are clients, some are people I've never met before. But and this is our first actual like. Yeah, not I've in-person conversation. conversation but it feels a lot easier because i've been following you because i know right. on yes. a surface level that's who true. you are and that's exactly what your patients feel so i really yeah. think you're setting the bar or at least helping set that bar for dentists so. this is what you should be doing
1: yeah and i want to add to that is that patients that are from away like if they're from um like outside the city yeah. anywhere as far as usually even locally if or another you know, province. Another province. I've got, again, patients are coming from Toronto, uh, Halifax, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland. And they are meeting me through the virtual consult. So I'll meet with them on a Zoom. I'll, I'll send them a report. I'll say, listen, this is what I think. So they send me their pictures. I send them a report. Then I say, okay, and if you'd like to meet me on Zoom, again, this is all complimentary. Um, then when they do get to the clinic, and this all started, by the way, because of COVID, like this, the virtual consult thing, but... What I noticed, because I did hundreds, OK, of virtual consults through COVID is that when they came in, it was like we already knew each other, like, because not everybody is like all on social media or did feel that way. But the fact that I showed them I was real and I really cared and we we connected in some way through even something like this was is that it made the day they did come in, they were already sold like mm-hmm. they're already sold. And uh, like I said, I did hundreds of consults um, through the because of COVID. And I, I did really well, like in 2020. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was shut down for, you know, eight, what, eight or 10 weeks, but I made up for it. Like, I really did.
0: And I think if I was to like summarize this to younger dentists or other dentists, or honestly, any healthcare professional, regardless yeah. of your profession. I think being out there, being authentic, being on social media and putting in the hours into content creation, it does like three things. Number one, if yep. anyone's worried about competition, it no longer becomes a word because now you stand out amongst, you know, I have clients who have
1: you're, you're eight what?
0: dental practices within a block of their practice. And it's like, well, now all of a sudden those clinics become irrelevant. And I think you're proof of that. You have people flying from different provinces to come to see you. That speaks volumes. But number two, it improves the patient experience. And then number three, talk about case acceptance or, or treatment acceptance. It's going to go up. Your conversions are going to go up when you are explaining these things to clients because or sorry, patients, because they just trust you that much more. And I think yeah. what you've just told us is like proof of those three things. So there's yeah. it's in your interest to be posting, to be on social media. And if you think you can't do it or you're not busy, you're you almost can't afford to not do it. It's,
1: well, it's just so hard though. I do have a hard time sometimes. Like, I I mean, a dentist who's my age, let's say they're in their like late forties, early fifties. They're like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't think I can do that. Listen, that's okay. I mean, if you are very busy and you do not need the business, perhaps don't maybe get your, the younger dentist in the practice or, or, but at least be present online because they need a reason to choose your clinic. They need to, Mm -hmm. they need something to go on. And if there's nothing online that speaks, that's worse. I wouldn't put just generic content. It has Mm -hmm. to be authentic content. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little hard because some some of them are like, well, I'm like, well, you wouldn't, if your telephone was down at your main desk, would you try to get it fixed or would you just say you know what telephones really not my thing like like what are you talking about you can't um you can't really afford to not do it if you're really looking to have a very a successful modern practice now older practices perhaps it's wor- what they're doing is working it's just not me again i'm not judging but i do feel that it will bring you oh one more thing it brings you you want to know Let's hear it. it brings you, it tra- it attracts new team members in a, in an industry mm, where we can't find we can't find people to work in our industry. Like there's a shortage, no. right? Do you know how many people are applying? Like I have people applying for the associateship, for the re- for the assistant, for hygienist, and that what they're telling me when they when they contact me is that Peggy, I have seen all of your stuff online. I would love like you already like you created some sort of um, social proof that. You are who you say you are. You're not just gonna like promise them, oh, I'm gonna give you this, I'm gonna give you that. Well, I I, they were watching me long before they applied and they know like again, it's helping me gain employees. Like, (laughs) I don't know, that's pretty important. That's not just patients, right? Because you can't see the patients without good employees. So I want people to pick from. I want to be able to get to attract really high quality, experienced, um, you know, team members that are going to also help improve the patient experience. And if that isn't if that isn't a reason alone to be on social media, I don't know what is, right?
0: I think I can speak to that firsthand and I'm really glad you brought it up because yeah, that is another benefit that no one would really think about on the surface. If you are a clinic owner, this is gonna help you attract and retain the right staff. Right. Because they might be great, but n- maybe they don't fit with the culture or something along those lines. Mm. This is helping you curate who you want in your practice. Who you are and if-
1: too. They know who you are. Like, oh, that's a clinic that really values this, this, this. I identify with that or I don't. I don't think mm. that that that's not me so you're you're getting the people who really believe in your mission and your what you want how you want to run the practice you want everybody in the practice thinking like about the patient experience well for my clinic that's what we do right
0: yeah and to tie that into the monetary benefit of doing so imagine how much more your clinic will be worth if you have less okay. churn in your staff if you have staff that actually stays is aligned with the mission. How much more would your case case acceptance go up? How much more would that benefit your bottom line? It it just has all these benefits that most people don't see by being on social media. So I'm glad that you're able to speak to that. And then at least hopefully people will listen to this
1: firsthand experience with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm hoping people will listen to this and think, okay, great. Now uh, I have proof. I've heard it from where I need to hear it from. And I'm going to go and start implementing this in my practice as well.
1: Yeah. And you have to be excited about, I mean, just, be if you're just excited about what you're doing, that's content. Like whatever you see in your day that is exciting that you thought could be your hygienist is treating a a little girl who came in and she got all dressed up because she was really excited to have her hygiene appointment. That's content. Or if it could be just what I posted yesterday, which is showing people how I do, like what I do when I take off the mock-up. I think you might've saw that story, but, um, like I, 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 I build up the teeth and then I take it off and then I show the patient the before and after and like, okay, this is what your smile could be like. And like people are fascinated with, with they're fascinated with how you do something because dentistry has historically been a very like, Oh, I don't know what my dentist is doing. I don't want to look and I don't know anything about it, but sh- just record some of the things you're doing. It's really cool to the public. They, they, it's not, it's more interesting than you think, but you do need to, you know, show it in a way that's not yucky or gory um, but if you do it in a way that makes it interesting and I create polls like I had a poll yesterday or the day before it got like hundreds of votes on the poll it's awesome
0: yeah and I, I, I guess sort of along these lines of you showing patients I think that's one thing that a lot of dentists or Again, across the healthcare profession, but a lot of dentists specifically need to start implementing. And you're again a pioneer in this aspect. Cause correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you're the only female DSD or master dentist in no. Canada.
1: No, I was the first DSD. The
0: first. Okay. Got it. And so yeah, No, I'm
1: not the only one, but there's not a lot, but there I am the first of in Canada, yes.
0: Okay. Maybe when I read this, you're the only. And so yeah, you're, I oh, guess yeah. now we could say you're the first. Yeah. Um, and it's a fully digital practice and so everything you do is centered around using technology and actually showing patients the difference or or what this treatment is going to look like so i guess my question here is two number one when you first adopted digital uh, like a digital clinic and you fully went all in on that was it scary at the time cuz now in hindsight in 2023 mm-hmm. It might seem like a no-brainer. But when you started actually implementing this and being a completely digital practice, was there some hesitancy? Was, were you thinking, is this a good idea? This is expensive. Should I do this? Could you walk me through what you were thinking at that time?
1: Well, I would label myself as an early adopter. And generally, yeah. early adopters don't think in those terms. <laughs> um, I, and I'm also a bit of an uh, – yeah, I love technology. I love <laughs> the modern. I have, you know, my clinic is one of the most modern clinics around. I, I invest in everything I can and I try to, I guess I just want to bring the best for the patient. So I never, I, I was like, my practice is doing well enough that yes, I think, yes, of course it's like less money for me to take home at the end of the year, but I've never thought of that way. And I believe investing in yourself and in what you can do. like whatever, investing in myself was the education that I've done, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars and flights all over, you know, Canada, the US, Brazil, uh, Spain, everywhere. And then what is the technology I need to, to utilize or to use what I've learned about? Well, those Mm -hmm. were things like scanning and, and, uh, and all the digital, like, you know, smile design and, uh, you know, the Invisalign courses and things that I've taken. Well, that just... That just allows me to use what I learned. And it's it's like, I don't even think about it. I've never, no, I've never thought or worried about it. I've had frustrations with te- digital and, and technology, just like anybody who owns a computer or anything. Uh, but I never lost my why for it, which was, it isn't about me. It's about the patient experience. And this is going to be a better patient experience because nobody can compare. And I don't care who you are. I would love for you to just call me up if you have a problem with this, but what I'm about to say is you're great at PVS. Okay. That's great. Good for you. But ask, tell me which the patient would prefer a PVS or a digital scan. And I don't care how good you are. And I know you're going to get all the margins and you're packed the cord and everything's going to be great. And, and you're going to send it off and the technician is going to love your PVS impression, but the patient did not have a good experience. So as good experience as we could have provided in this date of, you know, 2023. So oh. It was always the, the bigger reason and that's what I never tr- made decisions based on like my fear of how much it would cost or whether or not it wasn't going to work. It was like, well, I'm striving to, to give patients in Canada, wherever, uh, the best experience I can. If that means I've got to spend money on education and I've got to buy technology and I got to test drive it myself and I'm going to be one of the first people to do it, then so be it. Then that's that's what I'm doing. So I never let that stop me. And when I built this practice, people couldn't believe like I had my scanner, my, my iTero. I, okay. First of all, I had the, one of the first iTero's. I bought the iTero uh, back when it was with Cadent before line owned it in 2009, 2010. So I've had intro scanning since 2009. And then somebody tells me these days like, oh, I'm not sure if I should buy a scanner. It's 2023. Like I have no idea what you're talking about. So that's the first thing. When When I built this place, I had the scanner purchased because it was taking a while, like they were short, they were backed up with, you know, um, timeline and delivery. So I purchased the scanner before I even built the practice and I didn't have anywhere to put it or use it. Like it was like this thing's, this thing's the center. And I had my intro cameras purchased and I had my, you know, everything I was going to do and I was still taking courses and time away from the clinic. And I was the only one here and I'd have to shut down the clinic in order to go on a week's course to the States or wherever. Well, that's what it was going to have to happen in order for me to get to creating something that was truly unique and special for mm-hmm. the patient. And, um, you know, so so that's where just, I just never even thought of it. But yeah, for someone to be humming and hawing whether or not they should get an intral scanner, I can't relate to that. Like, I can't because you, I although, yes, I'm very good. I was, I hardly ever missed an impression. And I can honestly say that. But I would give it up because it meant that my patient, no patient would ever have to gag again.
0: Yeah. I think you answered my question perfectly because my question was, were you scared about this? And and it doesn't, you just don't even think in those terms. It is fully embraced on what's the future going to look like and what is going to improve the patient experience. Not what am I good at or, you know, I've traveled down this path and it'd be really hard to pivot again. The, the, that thought process doesn't even click in your brain it is just what does the future look like and what is right for the patient and i'm going to just jump two feet into that and i love hearing that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the other thing i wanted to ask is a little bit to expand kind of on the last question i think it was correct me if my timeline's wrong here it was either late 2021 or early 2022 where you made some branding changes mm-hmm. um with lux and then you also not just the branding changes, you kind of pivoted what you do in the practice where you let your associate take on more of the general dentistry study, sorry, cases. And you were more working more on smile makeovers and working on the business. Um, So I guess my question is twofold. Number one, Mm -hmm. um, did you lose any patients during that time? And then number two, in hindsight, was it okay to lose any patients?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. So yes it was up until 2020 i guess january of 2022 i was this was peggy bound dentistry and then i was bringing on an associate i was really excited about it and i really wanted to make the leap the jump to just doing cosmetic dentistry and really having a uh, another dentist that would do the the bread and butter dentistry Mm -hmm. And I felt that also what I had built was much bigger than my name. My name was on the building initially because I need people to be able to find me. If they did know me from my previous practice, I wanted them to know. So that whole reason for having that name uh, didn't didn't hold up a lot anymore except I did have a brand like Peggy bound dentistry is a, is a brand or Peggy bound is a brand, whatever. So that was a very hard decision. And so I, I really thought long and hard about that. And then I said, no, I'm just going to do it. And if I fail, then I can always go back to that name or I can do whatever. But yeah, at the same time, I made a bit of a crazy decision to also go non assignment. So we only direct bill. We again brought on a a new dentist who the patients didn't totally know. or trust yet you know just how it is a small town and I oh my gosh what else did I do I mean I just felt like it was now or never and again I'm not really afraid of out of comfort zone things I don't take too long to think about uh, something if I really feel like 80% good about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I felt 80% good about it we did lose I would say oh maybe yeah probably Four or 500 patients we could have I didn't haven't really counted honestly but what we what we did and I don't I don't have any regrets I think timing of that was a lot Mm -hmm. um but what it did is it really made me it forced me to to make to really commit to cosmetic dentistry and and just say okay no like because Peggy, you can't keep your foot like on one inch, like one on the sand and one in the water. Like you've got to go if this is what you really want to do. And um, and I wanted a bit more freedom. So I thought, well, with doing that, I could, I could reduce a day. And also I could have a practice that isn't like constantly fighting with insurance companies. And we found since COVID, the insurance companies have been even more difficult to deal with. And my team that was bogging them down. And I was like, no, they, they're such good humans. They shouldn't be dealing off with, with insurance companies all the time. And so when I launched my course, the modern dentist, um, in the fall of 2021, I talked to another practice that was in Halifax and they had just gone non-assignment and they had done it with relative ease. And I'm like, whoa, they're in my backyard. Like they can do it. I can do it. So, That's what I did. But it also happened to be at the same time I rebranded. Now rebranding, again, we were Lux Dental Aesthetics and I changed my mind a little bit on that. I said, no, it should be the Lux Dental Group. And it's it's suggesting that we're a group of people that, you know, luxury. So I'm kind of trying to develop the concept of a, you know, we stand out without saying we're better, but it's a luxury brand. There's luxury brands for everything in the world. Why is there not a luxury brand for dentistry?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: is there? Do you know of one in Canada? I don't know. I know now there's a few guys and I know some guys in Toronto, like the, again, yeah. they're, they're inspired by what I've done. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking, yes, we can have an upscale experience and really own it, but you've got to be able to, you know, change the name. It can't be all about you, your name, which is the typical thing that was on a practice. And really it's bringing clients to me, like the new clients that have come in to, that to replace the clients I lost or patients I lost are willing to pay up front and they value, and they have the means to like, to do that. So I'm having people who are valuing investing in their mouths. And so I don't have a lot of tire kicking kind of, if you will, lack of a better expression, um, patients that only want what their insurance covers and things like that. We get a little bit of that. Of course you always will, but we have patients that, you know what? I, I see what you're doing here. I value it and they're willing to pay for it. So it's hard though. It's, it was hard on the, it was hard on my heart to lose people that had been my patients for a while, but they also felt that I was moving on and they were pretty much happy for me. They weren't, you know, but they just, they just didn't see it. And honestly, I, one of the two things I would have done differently. One is I would have communicated better to them probably. Like I did do through email and things like that. I didn't prepare them enough face to face. I didn't have enough Mm -hmm. contact time with them to to explain it because of course you can't always do everything. Mm -hmm. And then also now that my my sign is out there called Deluxe Dental Group, it should also have still my name there. Like, so the doctor's names need Mm -hmm. to be on the sign. So that's something we're going to do is put the doctor's names out there, even though because a few people have said, "Oh, is Peggy still? Is Peggy still there?" So those are a couple of things that I would have done a little differently. Is just really communicating with patients, and 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 we we've had a lot of people just fine with it. But you know, when you get the odd one, and you are like, "What really that person?" You know, there it's just it's hard. But that isn't what it's all about. And I am here to to do big picture things, and I am here to you know, again, lead the way. And we've had other clinics now call and say, how did you guys go non-assignment? Like, we want to know, like, can you help us? So I think I'm just, you know, I want to be an inspiration for people.
0: Yeah, I I think you are. (laughs) Because what I'm getting from our conversation is you're very brave. Yes, you still have the same doubts or fears, but as soon as you feel like, all right, it's this 80% good, you jump in. Where And in dentistry, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but the dentists that I know, they're all perfectionists. Um, it's why I get along with them so well because I'm in the same boat. Um, but they don't—they don't, they don't want to make decisions until they're 100% correct or 100% clear on this is what the outcome is going to be. And a lot of the times, that is to your detriment because you don't it's end up moving on certain opportunities or or just you just don't try certain things. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, moving to a more luxury brand, not working on assignment. They're scary moves, but I would argue in hindsight now, they've been nothing but great for your practice because now you get to work with the people you actually want to work with. I do. Again, yeah. it keeps the clinic environment just so much better because all the staff are all, you know, on board. They're yeah. enjoying their work. It's just overall a better experience, even though it was probably terrifying losing four or five hundred clients hard. or patients, not working on assignment. Like they're scary moves, but yeah. in hindsight, they were for the betterment of your actual.
1: Yeah. I would say we're a very robust, um, united team. Yeah. Like we are, you know, we're more united and, and excited about what we do because we know the people are going to pay on the way Mm -hmm. out and they're also, they're valuing what we do and we're setting ourselves up as, yeah, like, okay, I want luxury. I do want luxury. Like these are the people that, that own luxury cars. They have all kinds of things in life. Anyone, if they want it, they can have it dentistry has always been so um it's like you weren't allowed to even talk about dentistry in any sort of way well i was already doing a lot of things that were luxury but never articulating it it's like we get back to like what is the perceived value Mm -hmm. online like you have to talk about it it has to be something that people can find out about you as what you do and what you believe in and and that's what i believe in i believe you're If you are paying, I mean, you're not paying very much more to come see me than they are the guy down the street. They really aren't. But they're Mm going to pay up front and they're going to be treated by a team that is like very highly skilled and educated. And we're going to give them the extra perks. It's going to be it's going to be special. So, yeah,
0: yeah. and it's also nice to see because there are more and more. I think as the younger generation is starting to get more into clinic ownership, they are taking these leaps to be like, all right, I'm going to brand my clinic how I like and I've had a few luxury clinics that I'm working with in Toronto and in BC and these clinics are beautiful. Like you walk in, you're like, this could be a spa in a luxury hotel, but no, it's a dental clinic. Yeah. And it's just really nice to see that going forward.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it's yeah. uh, it can take the anxiety out of it. If someone feels they're in a special place that they're cared for, it's, it's a different vibe.
0: Absolutely. I think having that spa like ambience or, you know, just, the textures on having a nicer leather chair in the lobby versus a plastic chair. it psychologically does something to the patient thinking, okay, these people are putting in the details here. They're going to make sure that they put in the details, you know, in my mouth and and they're taking care of me.
1: So what are they doing in my mouth? Yeah,
0: absolutely. It goes a long way. And you mentioned, um, your dental Academy or your courses, could oh, yes, you maybe modern
1: dentist? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Could you walk me through, number one, why you started it, who it's mm-hmm. designed for and then how it's how it helps a lot of the dentists who go through the actual program?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I had been lecturing or uh, speaking. I uh, originally started speaking for the Orem group and then I was a line faculty. And then, you know, I, I started just making a lot of content online and I wanted to. I was like, you know what we do here, the workflows, no one's probably know like we've developed this. I mean, Quincy, like I said, she's been integral in helping getting, I couldn't have done all that myself. And so I'm like, you know, there's so many dentists that really could benefit from not just the technical, like how I perform, like how I perform procedures, which is part of the course. I I do a whole section on performance. So I take them through and take them through case by case of like how I treat, you know, a black triangle case and different types of cases, veneer cases and, and things like that. But how do we make it all work with the team from like, from the moment the patient contacts or even our social media, there's a whole section on marketing and social media. There's one on, you know, um, just the digital, some of the technology that we use to communicate with patients and just how we put it all together. Some of the lab work that we do behind the scenes, things that like no one would really ever know. I've had a lot of people reach out to me, like, can you show my lab technician, like how you make this, this, uh, you know, this basically it's like a it's like a template for doing a special type of veneer but the whole thing is like oh my gosh like I should have a course you know I should have a course on this and so we also wanted to do a um, like a team component so Mm -hmm. there's we are actually starting live team courses we're going to be hosting them here for dental assistants and dental hygienists so that more people can find out about how to use digital and again that's just an extension of the modern dentist, but the modern dentist also I've done two live events, one in Halifax in Nova Scotia and one in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, we invited team, we did a lot on uh, marketing, we did a lot on Invisalign, uh, incorporating Invisalign, how to do Invisalign and restorative. So how to set up the teeth so that when you do the veneers, everything's gonna work better. Uh, the technology we use to, to make it all work, to make it profitable and so, It just, it started because, I mean, my parents are teachers and I think teaching comes a bit naturally for me and I really enjoy sharing what I do, right? It's Hmm. it's easier for me. And yet I thought, what if I had a digital course? Like this could be some sort of like a little bit of a passive income. It could be also just a way that doesn't, it allows me to scale my message because I'm only one person. I only have so many hours in the day and digital courses are kind of, you know, the thing, Um, along with podcasts and YouTube channels. (laughs) And let's just make something that, you know, if a person reaches out to me and they really want to know how I do things, this is that, that course, that package really gives you a really great start into how this place clicks. And that is, you know, extremely, uh, I think helpful for somebody. You've got to be ready though. You've got to really want to, to do something a little different, but yeah. yeah. So I thought, well, that, that's something else that I can do. And, um, it will probably grow into something bigger and just doing live events though. I really like being, um, teaching live because it's, it's, you know, you have people come up to you and you can really connect with mm-hmm. and But over COVID, you know, you couldn't do that. So digital courses is where we thought, we felt that we could really make another impact.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a big fan, like even in my own industry of taking digital yeah. courses, because the way I look at any sort of course out there is you pay this small fee, relatively speaking, yep. for in exchange for someone who's further ahead of than you, you get to pay for their experience. Oh, yeah. You don't have she it's have packaged. to go through those you don't have to go through those lessons yourself. You can pay just dollars instead of time and pain for those lessons and start implementing those from day 1 cuz you're someone who's how many years into owning your own clinic now? 7, um, eight, 8 now. Yeah. 8 years plus the other 14 or so or 15 yep. or so years of dentistry. You get to combine all that experience for a small fee. Um, exactly. And I think it's absolutely worth it for anyone, whether you are starting your own clinic or even being an associate, I would argue, because now you could yeah. see things from the lens of your principal of why are they asking me to do certain things? Or you could even say, hey, this is how another clinic does this. Yeah. Um, maybe we should implement this. And all of a sudden you're, you're more valuable to the actual practice you're in. So I love that you have a course because I think Good. it'd be so helpful for all the young associates out there to be like, all right, I'm going to oh, pay a small absolutely. amount and gather all this experience.
1: And I even do, as a build-on to that, I do one-on-one mentorship. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you really want to...
0: No, I, that was actually my next question. You beat me to it. Is Because <laughs> you've obviously worked with coaches yourself in the past. You could see that with your experience, some of the tips and tricks that you mentioned on your podcast that are outside of dentistry. Yeah. Um, Could you tell me a little bit about your one-on-one coaching and what dentists can stand to gain from it?
1: Yeah, so what, what they can stand to gain from that is really just a... Um, Uh, like dealing with some specific things that they want dealt with it could be Invisalign it could be ortho restorative it could be Mm -hmm. treatment it could be marketing it can be um my god what are the other topics that we usually talk about um you know just how to how to perform a case materials things like that generally though it's it's, it's marketing and the ortho restorative, like setting up the Invisalign for the restorative. Like those are the two biggest things that I see. Mm-hmm. I do also have a lot of interest in like, how do I do some of my things like direct flowable or a DSD direct kind of case. Um, I do cover that in the course as well. So, but if you really wanted to like really work on a case together, I, I can do like an hourly um, coaching session or you can buy a package, which is called the Elite Mentorship, and then you're actually being mentored by me uh, and my team. You get access to my team, too, for um, usually, it's usually in around three months. It can sometimes be extended, but we can do it longer, of course. But, you know, just getting that intense daily feedback, like my my uh, mentor, mentee right now, like she she'll message me or or we'll get right back to her within a few hours through our chat or, and we also meet weekly as well. So, you know, she keeps us, you know, stock of like all the things she's going to want to talk to me. And we, those sessions last anywhere from one to two hours. So that has been also rewarding because I'm getting to see like what dentists are struggling with. So I'm getting that feedback. And sometimes I've used the, the, you know, thing, their problems as, as a you know, fuel for what I'm going to talk about on my podcast.
0: <laughs> well, that is fantastic. I will include the show notes, like the links to everything in the okay, show notes. Cause I, great. I'm a yeah. huge fan of people going and taking these courses. Cause like I said, you're able to save, save yourself so much time, so much oh pain by just paying a small fee a every single, you know, annually or hourly yeah. or however you charge. Um, yeah, I, I know we're coming up
1: right now. It's but, only, I think 1499. So it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty cheap.
0: It's a drop in the bucket compared to the benefit yeah, you're going to get from pretty it. Much. Um, I know we're coming up on the end of our time. So I'm going to wrap this up with, I ask uh, a standard three questions to all of our guests. Okay. Um, So start with the first one. Who would you say is or are your biggest inspirations in the world? And this could be, you know, locally, or this could be on a macro level. Maybe walk me through sort of who it is for you that you look up to on a regular basis.
1: In the world?
0: Yeah, in the world. And again, this could be as simple as your partner, (laughs) or it could be... Dwayne, the rock Johnson, or it could be anyone yeah. in between.
1: Well, he's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, OK, so there would be definitely and I don't know, again, I don't want to create uh, anybody judging me because I know everybody has different there's diff- different aspects to a lot of people. Right. There's 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 good and bad with everyone. But I think um, I'm going to mention Elon Musk. <laughs> hmm absolutely (laughs) you too um he actually said the other day i just want to say he said on twitter the other day it was an actual like it was posted that he said modern dentistry is underappreciated did you see that
0: my instagram page was elon musk tweets the whole way through because most of the people i follow are dentists and they were all so happy it's like like the cool kid in the club mentioned you by name
1: (laughs) finally right yeah yeah. Yeah, really. He
0: cool. is amazing. I know he gets a lot of he's very polarizing, he does. but well, yeah, I'm a sure. huge fan. Of, of someone he- to just have uh, audacity is not the right word, but I'm going to use it for lack of a better term, the audacity to aim that high and to you know, just have the guts to take all the money he earned from PayPal. He could have sat on his on a yacht, no. not done anything, but then he takes all of that, puts it back into companies that are arguably changing the world or at least trying to for the better
1: it's he's doing more than the guy anybody who's going to complain i would want to see what they're doing
0: yeah i don't know that guy has to be a robot (laughs) but yeah no that that's a great person is there anyone else you'd like to add or is that really the main one that comes Um, to mind right now no
1: there are so many really um i just i'm a really big fan i guess of of anyone who also speaks up for people you know like kind of try to always does the right thing. It has, a, it has the power in the public eye, they're famous for whatever reason, but they use that in a mm-hmm. way to also send good will. You know,
0: uplift <laughs> we you be talking
1: about anybody from, you know, Dolly Parton to, I don't know, um, thinking like, again, it could be Oprah, but no. I, people who really want to send a good a message and inspire people, um, I really listen to a lot of um, like inspirational people, and I think that we need to open our eyes and be appreciative of like what's out there, and not get kind of caught up in our day to day. And I, I just want to say there is a book that I have. Oh, he's an author, um, Michael I. Singer. Has anybody? Heard, may I, I'm not. Talking, has anybody? Heard anybody? Of anybody? <laughs> <laughs> um, he has really written. Uh, his books about like just being, uh, I guess it's not it's not any particular religion, but it's just being very spiritual and understanding mm-hmm. what's important in life. Um, he's written some amazing books, The Untethered Soul, yes. and and I don't know if you heard of it, that one, but mm-hmm. uh, Living Untethered. Just like it really has helped me center and like know what's important, but also know how to control my emotions and how to deal and be um, aware. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just anyone who, folk, who helps the the cuz we're all really a little bit lost um we're we're spending too much time doing things that are not important. So he's been yeah, he's amazing. I also have to say like, you know, like one of my girlfriends her um Danielle Rose her mom Louise like mm. absolutely love that woman. She's just she's just so inspirational because she's just so grounded. I like I yeah. like being around people who've lived and who can really see and give advice, and I think it's important that we, we look up to people who and 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 just know pay attention to to, yeah. to, to their advice, and so. I don't know. I like I like so many. Yeah, th-
0: there's so many. Yeah, it's hard to list. Like you can't see it here, but I have a bookshelf over there, and it's probably yeah. like up to my waist, and I'm six feet tall, so it's like it's yeah. just there's so much to learn from people out there. So yeah, I'm sure the list there's is endless. Hours
1: of, in the day. So
0: yeah, the list is endless from where you can gather inspiration. Um, yeah. I guess moving on to question number two, um, is kind of twofold. What's next for you? And I would break that up into personally as Peggy and yeah. professionally as Doctor Bound.
1: Well, um. Personally, I am looking at um, probably not owning the practice as such, but moving on to doing more of uh, having some sort of teaching center or kind of, running the practice parallel, but having some sort of center where we can actually have a home base for people to come and take courses. And I'm already working on that a little bit, but, Mm uh, but that's in the five-year plan for sure. That would be, you know, probably in the next five years and cutting back in doing the actual, like sitting in the chair and doing just like, again, more of the mentorship and things like that, but still staying in dentistry. I, I love it. Um, I, do want to also, um, you know, just explore. I want to travel a little bit with my kids as from a personal standpoint, I guess my girls are teenagers now Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be home much longer. So I do need to cut back in my professional, like the busyness of that, but do things that I can do professionally that are also, I can spend time with them. And so what I want to do um, personally is travel more and spend time Mm -hmm. with them and do, um, Like I want to be a black belt in tennis, in uh, Taekwondo. I want to really just have a place where I can make sure I'm always like enjoying life. Like I -hmm. got to try to remember, you know, this roller coaster only lasts so long, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't want to be sitting there and like not doing things. I don't want to wait till I retire to do things. So I want to travel Mm -hmm. and I want to spend time with them. And so it's it's all gonna be able to be tied together though because I'm gonna be able yeah. to do the teaching and the inspira- inspiring and, and mentorship while I'm you know also taking time with my family so that's kind no of I love that longer term thing
0: yeah you really do I, I don't know when you sleep because you really do get a <laughs> lot of um juice out of the squeeze out of life when it comes to you know just doing so much and still having a great relationship with the kids and traveling Yes. taekwondo and being super active and then you know running this practice and then doing the social media so hats off to you for for really just getting the most out of life
1: thank you thank
0: you yeah um and because this is the dollars and doctor show my final question is if you're okay with sharing what's the worst Financial mistake you've ever made in your life, and what would you say is the best financial decision you've ever made in? You?
1: Well, the best is investing in myself.
0: Yes, it always is.
1: Education, <laughs> education, every time. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like the practice and taking that. Yeah, leap. that's that's just been huge. I could have just decided to go be an associate with someone else or something, mm-hmm. but no. I mean, I really spent millions building this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and no regrets, right at all. Um. So so investing in myself so that I could build this place was is really important. And then the worst financial decision, um <laughs> God. Financial. I mean, sometimes there's technology I've purchased that it wasn't like really great. But I nothing's broken me to this yeah. date. You know, like just certain things, you guess. And I I don't think anything is bad if you want to commit to trying to learn it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you just get busy. But worst financial decision.
0: I Um, love how much you're struggling with this. That means there wasn't anything catastrophic. The worst thing I'm hearing. Yeah. The worst thing I'm hearing is you maybe bought some technology and it wasn't so great. But it's a tax (laughs) deduction anyway. So is it really that bad? I love that you're struggling with this. No. I don't know. It genuinely makes me happy. I don't know if you can see that. Really? Like, I'm very happy okay, that you don't okay. have a financial mistake. It's like, okay, that's great.
1: No, because I was smart from the beginning. I paid yeah. down my debts. I've yeah. paid off all my debts for this clinic. Beautiful. I've, paid, okay. I've always paid more than my payment uh, than mm-hmm. I needed to do. I've invested in in everything from, like, my, of course, your basic IRSPs, um, your your whole life policy, my, um, my regular investments with my, you know, uh, like, you know, what do you call corporate
0: TFSA, all of that stuff.
1: I've done all that I've done. I mean, I make sure that my disability insurance, like I I make sure that's, of course that's not an investment investment. I've even purchased a piece of property recently, a waterfront property, which that does make me a bit nervous, Mm -hmm. but it's our first summer with property. So I'm sure once I'm on the beach, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I've, I've like, I'm okay with debt uh, to like, again, of course you would be right. If you're me, like, you know me now um, I'm okay with going to, I'm always confident that I'm going to, I'm going to make more money. Like it's, it's, they print more every day and I can be a part of that flow. I don't really get tied up or worried about my, like my, my husband and my dad kind of gets a little bit more nervous about debt, but that's just like, there's just more, I'll just make more money. I can I'll yeah. do something else on the side. I have, I have, can do another side hustle if I had to, if I really needed money, I don't let debt stop me. Like, I know the debt is not good in like, if you're not making your payments and you're not, you know, <laughs> you, you're really going under, but if you're just, you have the ability to produce, then you should be okay, willing to take some risk and you should not let it sort of stop who you want to become because you mm-hmm. can't get there without a little bit of debt. I mean, it's just, yeah. it just isn't. No, I, I
0: completely agree. I, I often explain this to clients that obviously everyone knows there's good debt and there's bad debt. Yeah. And I try to explain it to clients in this way. Imagine you waited to go to dentistry school until you had enough saved up to go. <laughs> That's so right. You would be in your forties and then you would go to dentistry school and you wasted all these years. It's the same way of imagine yes. you Waited till you had enough cash to go and buy that investment property. You had enough cash to go and start that clinic. If you wait that long, by the time you get there, the cost is going to be so much higher and it's just not worth it. So I view debt as a way to quantum leap forward um, and have the money today that you might need 10, 20 years from now. As long as it's smart, though, you know, it's used oh, yeah, to buy an investment or an asset or invest back into yourself, then absolutely you should be comfortable with debt it's when you start doing, you know, the, the crazy stuff like fresh out of school and you got a brand new Mercedes and
1: that's the stuff I've never done.
0: Listen, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> had a
1: little Tercel with a tooth on the back that got me out of a speeding ticket because I looked like a poor dentist who couldn't yeah. afford a better car. So it's, I would never did that. I always, yeah. again, paid down my debts and paid more than what I needed to and paid things off fast. Yeah. And, um, But then I spend, I'll spend something that I really am excited about. And uh, I'll go into debt for that. And then I'll pay that back.
0: I think that's the key is buying things that you're very excited about. If they are material, I often joke with my clients that, let's say you're really into watches and you want to buy a Rolex. That's all great. But my rule is you're not allowed to post on Instagram. Do you still want it? And then their question is usually like, Maybe oh, I don't yeah. want it.
1: So people uh, who do it just so that they can. Show, oh, yeah, that's a really good. Or, word.
0: for example, let's say you're really into cars and you want to buy a Mercedes Benz. That's great. But would you still want the car if no one knew what a Mercedes Benz is? And very often I think that question helps frame things. in. OK, do I want this for others or do I want it for me? Because I do have clients who know everything about the engines and yes, all this stuff about they the car. And that, right? they love it. If no one knew what, you know, a certain car was, they would still buy it. And that's when you should make those purchases.
1: Okay, Um, I'm going to use that, by the way. Yeah,
0: yeah, use that. It helps really justify or determine whether you're buying it for someone else or for yourself. And I'm a big fan of once you've taken care of your financial basis, which it sounds like you have, um, then go ahead. Yeah, spend the money. You can't take it to the grave with you. Enjoy your life. It's. It is short we don't know when the coaster is gonna
1: yeah and i also like spoiling others so i love (laughs) to buy things for other people like treat them and i can't do that if i'm not making money but i've Mm -hmm. never felt that that was like and that's never caused me to go any significant debt but i would do that like because Mm -hmm. it's like you say it feels good like as long as there's a good energy with it and it makes you feel good then and you're not doing it for someone else or for show Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly working.
0: the case. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So this, honestly, I have to thank you for, for taking the yes. time. I know how busy you are. So thank <laughs> you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Um, if you have any final words or advice to, let's say your fellow dentists or fellow doctors out there, is there anything you want to say to sort of wrap this up? And then also, if you could let us know, where's the best place to contact oh, you right. um, or connect with you?
1: Okay, so my words of advice that I would give to new grads or young dentists especially is that, and this comes from a little bit from a quote that from Christian Coachman, um, is that to remember that the most successful dentists are not the most skilled. So you may go and do all the courses, okay? But if you are not a good communicator, you will not be as successful as the dentist who's very good at communication who may be slightly less skilled. So we want to really focus your, co- spend your career, spend as much information or, a, sorry, a, a part of your education, a big part of your education should be on how to communicate with patients and using technology to do that is a key thing. So, you know, really investing in communication and realizing that the public you know, they'll trust you more if you know how to talk through their language. I did a podcast episode on that the other day, which was, you know, like how to speak their language and how to communicate with them. And I think it's this very special skill and I value it um, because that's how they trust me and then they feel comfortable and then they, they, they accept... You know, so the, you know, the highly skilled dentist, if he doesn't know how to talk about what he does in a way that's understandable, the patients might not accept his treatment, but he might be the most skilled dentist in the world. So really, really focus on any information you can get your hands on and how to communicate with humans in general, but also patients. And then the last thing uh, as far as my contact information goes, yes, of course you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Bowne. My YouTube channel is Peggy Bowne Dentistry because it's still that old thing. And my podcast is The Truth About Dentistry and it's on every platform. And I'm also, um, yeah, uh, you can, I mean, of course DM me. The best way is just to message me. I'm on other platforms too, like LinkedIn and things like that, but I'm really present uh, more approachable, I guess, from that from that, uh, side of things. And then in my bio on my Instagram, you can get to my courses, the Modern Dentist, and to uh, my one on one coaching and things like that if you're interested in that. But uh, yeah, it was, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. No, really
0: thank really you. This, I,
1: uh, this chat.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. And yeah, I'll include all those links into the salt show notes. Um, okay. And so that if people you know are driving and they don't remember, they can just go yeah. in and click <laughs> on it. And then- hopefully connect with you. But again, thank you so much for taking yes. the time. I really appreciate it. And that concludes our 11th episode of the Dollars and Doctor show. I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to our guest, Dr. Peggy Bound, for gracing us with her presence and sharing her story and insights into the modern world of dentistry. If you'd like to learn more about Lux Dental Aesthetics, or get in touch with Dr. Bound. I've included her social media links in the description of this episode, so be sure to connect with her on all your social media apps. This episode was brought to you by White Coat Financial. Our goal at White Coat Financial is to change the financial planning industry by combining a fiduciary duty with a one-stop shop experience for our clients. If you're a Canadian doctor and you're looking for financial advice on mortgages, investing, insurance, taxes, or any other financial matters, visit our website, www.whitecoatfinancial.ca. On our website, you'll be able to schedule a free initial consultation to learn about how White Coat Financial can help you protect your income, grow your money, and live better. If you have any questions or feedback for us, you can email me directly at girthage at whitecoatfinancial.ca. Thank you for your attention, thank you for your time, and thank you for your ongoing support. I look forward to speaking with you soon. The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not to be taken as financial advice. While the host of this podcast is a registered financial planner, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, you should always consult with a financial professional about your unique circumstances and personal situation. The hosts and guests of this podcast are not responsible for any errors or omissions or for any actions taken based on the information provided in this podcast. It is the responsibility of the listener to do their own due diligence and make informed financial decisions.